Welcome to Hostel Homies, a podcast focused on the best parts of backpacker culture. I'm your host, Joe Glasgow. Each week I sit down with a new guest, ranging from the people I meet while I'm abroad to professionals who work in the travel industry. Listen along as they share hilarious and inspiring travel stories, unparalleled recommendations on where to go, and tips for seeing the world on a budget. For Hostel Homies, it's all about the journey, the destination, and the people you meet along the way. Hello, Hostel Homies. This episode is brought to you by The Hostel Group. Visit thehostelgroup.com and support hostels by booking direct. What are the biggest sacrifices you think while pursuing a career in travel? I mean, it feels like a consistency of community. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could say that, like, okay, there's the digital community in that scene, which is, I'm sure, something in, like, the amazing benefits of, like, you know, for instance, I made some friends in Columbia last year from the UK yeah. who, like, I consider, like, some of my closest friends at this point. Like, so you have those connections in that community around the world. But, of course, I mean, I've always lived in the United States. And the idea of not having the same crew of good friends to see you know, on a weekly basis. Yeah. Of course, that's scary, you know? But then also, like, because travel industry is such a, a widespread scene, mm-hmm. um, y- you know, the, the inherent connections and stability of working in a specific industry and working your way up, that feels like a little bit more of a scary proposition, you know, where there, there is more of a chance that you're going to be completely on your own. Working for yourself definitely appeals to me, mm-hmm. you know, at this point in my life more and more, you know, having, I've worked in media uh, all my career at this point and, sure. you know, I haven't even worked necessarily for like the biggest media companies, but you know, it's a, it's a pretty unstable field and, yeah. you know, being dependent on, um, you know, companies that you're not sure whether or not they're going to go under out of the next year, they're going to lay off all their staff. Um, and also just the fact that as someone who comes from a creative background, generally speaking, we're pretty undervalued. From mm-hmm. a salary standpoint, and you have to live in a city like New York or LA where it's expensive to live there, and there are endless numbers of people who are willing to take that low salary to get their foot in the door. At a certain point, you start to reconsider those priorities and say, like, you know, how long am I willing to kind of get screwed to chase the dream? Yeah. And, you know, there are, I think what appeals to me about potentially working more and more in the travel industry is that, you know, especially given. Uh, you know, how much people can be empowered by, you know, the whole digital nomad career, right? Where you can, you know, leverage, you know, your own blog or SEO practices, drop shipping, you know, there's all these different little ways to make money that obviously they have a much higher ceiling mm-hmm. than, you know, working in media for, you know, some company that's only going to pay you 40K a year. Um, but, you know, the, the floor and failure isn't quite as scary when you can be living at least part of the time in countries that, you know, the cost of living if you're in Southeast Asia or Latin America is low. Yes. You know, it's unfortunately, unfortunately. So. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I was on this, God, this is website, Nomad List. I don't mm-hmm. know, yeah. I'm sure you're, you're familiar with it. Um, and I was like reading like city to city, like what the like estimated cost of living per month is. Yes. And I was like, all right, cool. So Medellin is like 1300 a month. Um, oh, whoa. Like even like, you know, Berlin, Germany, which is considered like expensive, is like 22, 24. And then I finally got to New York and it said 52 a month. Yeah, $5,200 a month. I was like, Isn't that absurd? This is average. Five times as much as yes. like so many. And it's like, wow, I mean, not even just paying rent and getting lunch here on a daily yeah. basis. Like, 
how much that opens up. It's funny you bring up even like Europeans, like Europe, like Europe is an expensive continent in general. And like, yeah, you hear people complain who live in Berlin. They're like, oh, I pay like 450 euro a month to live somewhere. You're like, are you kidding me? They're like in the center of Berlin, like they're above Bergheim. It's like, like, this is really, (laughs) really expensive. And now it's, it's definitely becoming increasingly clear to me. It's like, all right, I love New York and I got, you know, got my people here yeah and yeah, yeah. you know i you know this is where i quote unquote have become a man mm-hmm. i've been here since i graduated school the cost of living here really does limit you know what you can do it's a whole thing well i, I don't want to bring up a, a dark subject yeah. in the beginning no, but no, i feel no. like i feel like this um one of the more recent trips you went on happened because of a layoff or because yep. of media company going under can you talk about what inspired you deciding to take this trip and the good sides of getting fired, if that's possible? Sure, sure, sure. I mean, like, it was definitely a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that, like, I guess wasn't the biggest surprise in the world when I got laid off. I'd had a few months where I kind of had the feeling that, you know, I don't know how stable this is anymore. Yeah, sure. You know, I think to ward off just the inherent depression of, like, thinking you're going to get fired any day. And it was, like, in the middle of the winter last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I would spend my nights just dreaming about traveling places, going on the travel Reddit, you know, yeah. looking up every country in the world. And <laughs> Just going on Google Maps. I'd so that like, too, I could, yeah. I could be there right now. What is <laughs> everything there? Um, and so, yeah, when it, when it finally happened, you know, as happens when there are layoffs, I got a little bit of a severance. And I figured, like, instead of just immediately diving in and trying to find the next job, like, let me give myself, like, a month or two to recuperate. Yeah. A good friend I, I made when I was traveling to Madagascar, like, six years ago, and she actually lives out here and, like, helped me uh, get my first job in the city. Mm-hmm. When I met her, she was doing the same thing. And so that thought kind of always stuck in my head. It's like, okay, if I ever get fired and I get a little bit of money out of it, why immediately latch on to the next thing? I, I eventually kind of settled on Colombia mm-hmm. and Peru. Um, I had a, a friend of mine who has just, she just finished up traveling for a whole year, which is you know, oh, wow. pretty, pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, she had told me that she was going to be in Latin America around that time. And I said, hey, you know, where do you think we might be able to meet up even for just like a week? Mm-hmm. And we did the math and realized, hey, we, we pretty much generally have the same idea. So we yeah. linked up and just hopped around Columbia and Peru for like yeah, six weeks. Isn't that beautiful? Is oh, that incredible. our generation or is that all generations? I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just like our friends in general who like traveling more than others. But like, yeah. people are always on the road. <laughs> yeah. Always down to meet up somewhere. For sure. It's very. I feel very fortunate to be... I, I, like I said, I don't know if this is our generation or just in general. But. Yeah, I mean, social media is obviously a part of it, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, you know where people are. You know where yeah. people are, especially yeah. when, you know, you're someone who has started to travel extensively and has made 10, 20, 30, 100, 200 friends on the road. Yeah. You know, at a, at a certain point, you can just click anywhere on the map and say, oh, wait, he's there right this now. Like, let's, there, let's, yes. well, why not get together? When you meet people while you're traveling yeah. too, they're going to be the types on the road usually. Exactly. Yeah. A couple of these people that you met, I want to talk about the people you met during this last trip, because you were traveling with friends. Yeah. How do you feel about traveling with friends as far as, do you meet more people when you have friends on the road, or when you're traveling alone, do you feel like you meet more strangers? It's a, it's a good question. I have significantly more experience traveling with one friend mm-hmm. than I do with completely on my own. I've done a little bit of both. Um, you know, having someone on your side definitely inherently gives you a little bit more confidence. Sure. You know, you don't just feel like the weird dude at the bar who's <laughs> like, you're from California? <laughs> <laughs> like we said Melbourne like alright cool yeah we got beaches too I'll come, I'll come over and hang <laughs> yeah so I mean there, there definitely is um, you know an advantage to that but on the flip side you know when you are on your own and you kind of don't have that you know there is kind of 
an oppressive expectation that you've got to meet the expectations that your friend has mm -hmm. of you and, and their, their view of yep. you. You know, like when you're completely on your own, you can be like, hey, I'm going to like act however I want to act. Like yeah. obviously within the limits of being a decent human <laughs> Social being. norms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, you can kind of have that that novelty yeah. a little bit more that like you know so exciting about being a freshman in the dorms college year and reinventing yourself yeah thing. yeah so i mean i honestly i i recommend both yeah i think i think both are both are valuable sure i think the most important thing when you're traveling with a friend is like getting to that point where you understand that like hey we can do our own thing like all day yeah you know no one needs to get offended if okay you know what I've sat next to you on a bus three out of the last four days. Like, <laughs> nothing against you, but, like, let's, you know, do our own thing and get a breath of fresh air. And that's the thing. I mean, the flexibility of travel is, to me, the, you know, obviously the most exciting part. Of course. Part. You can, it can so. feel very much like you're tied down if you're with someone who, yeah. who would get offended by that. Because sure. people don't realize that no matter what, unless you're, like, this ultimate couple who knows each other so well. Totally. If you're traveling with one other person, it's going to take you longer to do everything. It's going to take yep. you so much longer because... One person might take longer to shit and shower, yeah. but the other person takes longer to pack, and everyone's getting mad at the other person's speed. Yep. That's why when you're alone, you're going at your own speed, you're like, this is great, this oh, is totally. like freedom. But for some reason, when you're with someone who like doesn't have the same speeds as you, it starts getting a little bit messy. Yep, yeah. And I was definitely, it's for one of the first times in my life on this trip to Columbia and Peru, and Julianne, if you're listening, you understand that this is true, but I was the fast one. <laughs> she, was, she was the one who, even if we were staying for one night at some hostel on like a stopover, you know, like somehow would open up her entire backpack <laughs> alongside her bed and take everything out and then reorganize and then come 9 a.m. the next morning, it's like, all right, let's get on the road. Because everyone's got their thing. Everyone's got their weird shit that they do. While totally. They, while they, it's not just while you travel, but like it comes out while you travel because mm -hmm. you're like doing things that are unnatural already, packing a bunch of shit up that you wouldn't normally have. Yeah. And of course, you're going to have these weird like subconscious shit that you did when you were a kid. Totally. Like, yeah, I'm going to put all of my socks out because yeah. I like that. <laughs> They're pretty. They're multiple colors. I like the way you like the way they look. And then maybe your thing is like, all right, yeah, yeah I'm gonna like put all my toiletries out because I like them in yeah. the shower like that. And then you forget them, of course, when you leave. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, travel, I mean, when you're traveling, you're under pressure. I mean, it's yep. like the best kind of pressure, but yes. ultimately you're like stripped down to your basic survival That's skills. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. so like yeah, inherently you're going to revert to behavior that maybe when you're in more of a comfortable, consistent setting, you're able to kind of like watch, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it takes that guard out. So we kind of went into why you chose Peru and Colombia, mostly for meeting a friend. What are some, uh, what are some of these common misconceptions about Colombia? Because a lot of people, sure. a lot of people are traveling there now, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of people still look at it as uh, the Columbia that we knew from like the uh, 70s and 80s. Sure, sure, sure. And the 90s. Uh, yeah, what are those common misconceptions and uh, are any of them still true or are they all going to be just right. false at this point? I mean, for better or worse, I think that, um, you know, any 20-something millennial who has traveled to Columbia over the past three years is probably inspired by Narcos. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. having seen the show Narcos, right? And it's, it's, sure. there's, two, there's two sides of that. There are people who are like, Oh, that's awesome! Like this is this crazy coke lord scene there. Like I want to see that. It'll be. This I also like coke. Yeah, exactly. Or there's people like me. Where I was like, okay, aside from a lot, you know, I've heard that the country is safer now and yeah. like more stable. You know, still of course has its problems, but like sure. it looks unbelievably gorgeous, mm -hmm. and it seems like there's like such a unique culture there. So like 
why not check it out? Sure. You know, and it's I hadn't really thought that much about Columbia until you know I started watching the show, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, I'm entertained by the show. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the misconception is that you know that is what the country has to offer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, man, let's go down there, let's do a bunch of blow for a couple weeks. Um, but you know, once you get down there, you realize how fiercely proud Colombians are of their country, mm-hmm. which they they should be. I mean, it is. I, I I might recommend it more highly than any other country I've been to. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, like, just the combination of natural beauty, the friendliness of the people. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's obviously affordable, but also just the, you know, the different terrains in one country. You can go from Bogota, where it's, you know, barely gets above 55 degrees. It's more or less this kind of, like, cool mountain city yeah. out to the coast where, you know, it's these idyllic beaches. Medellin is, like, set in, like, these, like, rolling hillsides. Oh, like, it's stunning on that front. You know, the food, I think, is deeply underrated. Mm-hmm. It checks all those boxes. But, you know, I think like people do with many countries, you associate one thing with it, mm-hmm. right? You know, Paris, you think Eiffel Tower. Um, you, know, uh, you know, the United States, you think douchebags. <laughs> we got <laughs> a lot I guess of those. most people do. <laughs> A.K. the Statue of Liberty, the OG douchebag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Old Matt. He's te- Old Matt he, he, she's, she's technically French, so it's fine. <laughs> which, which, which we also associate with douchebags. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Um, the, the misconception is that Colombia is one thing. Yeah. And it's many, many things. And it's, you know, it's, it's just, I think that um, I, I recommend people go to countries that they have that limited view of, if only to open up that view. Well, people like the easy answer in general. Kind of like yeah. you said, like people like just going, okay, Eiffel Tower. You know, yeah, that's what that's what all of the IG is. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, Berlin, cool. We're gonna go to the wall, like this. Yeah. And yeah, everyone just likes these easy, simple answers because they go, okay, perfect. Right. And like you said, the IG that's that's the easiest way to show people where you are. Because mm-hmm. if you're at some like hip, cool place in Lille, France, no yeah. one's gonna fucking know. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're gonna be like, I haven't heard of this. Yeah, right. Um, to kind of go. I don't want to bring this around to an easy answer. I hope I hope you can you kind of help paint a picture of what all uh, Columbia can offer, like you know, as far as its scenery. Its yeah, sure. Do you have kind of a snapshot moment of while you were in Colombia? This quick little picture where you're like, this captured either part of the trip or like how you felt about the trip, yeah. or just like I only felt this because I was in Colombia. Right. A tour I definitely recommend people go on when they're in Medellin is this Comuna 13 tour mm-hmm. or Comuna 13. Yeah, yeah, I'm working on my Espanol. Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, basically this neighborhood um, up in the hills of Medellin, mm-hmm. and you know historically the the hillsides of Medellin, you know, like is the case in like a city like Rio, uh, are the poorest neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the commerce and business activity is down in the valley. Uh, because, you know, there are these kind of switchback roads that go up to these higher neighborhoods that are, like, very inaccessible, okay. right? Uh, so this neighborhood, Comuna Trece, back in, like, the early 90s, even into the late 90s, I believe, was at one point considered the most dangerous neighborhood in the world. It just the, the drug violence and um, FARC, uh, which is this guerrilla group, and, you know, government violence, you just... So many, so many terrible things were happening at once in this in this place. Um, but you know, around the turn of the century, uh, the Colombian government and the local Medellin government actually started investing in these neighborhoods mm-hmm. instead of just saying, "Okay, that's the ugly side of the city." Yeah, you know, sure. let, let the violence happen there. They said, "Okay, like, what are some reasonable solutions there?" So you know, they all of a sudden started like literally paying kids to go to school. 
Like, wow. and these, these, are, these are kids from poor families who, you know, they'd rather have the kid out on the street selling something or begging and making, you know, the equivalent of a couple bucks a day. Sure. So, you know, the Colombian government said, like, okay, what is the amount of money that we can pay these kids that'll motivate the parents to say, hey, you know, it's actually oh more valuable gosh. for you to go to school. Right? So these are children. These, these are, are children. Like, kids, like yeah. yeah, like grade school kids. Okay, yeah. Um, so that was one thing, you know, they built um, literally escalators into like some of these neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. They're just escalators that like all of a sudden make a one hour walk, a five minute ride down, right? Oh and it's, it sounds so simple, right? And it sounds like such like a small solution. Yeah, yeah. But when you think about just the opportunity to provide it for someone who says, you know, like it's not worth the effort for me to go down and get a job down mm -hmm. the valley or yeah, just something yeah, sure. like that. You know, I'm gonna stay up here and I'm gonna sell drugs. Or well, I would gonna... imagine that one hour walk is not the safest walk either. Oh, of course days, not. Right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is yeah, these neighborhoods have these like invisible lines, mm -hmm. you know, where it's like if you cross, you're a target. Very much a heavily gang-controlled area. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, there are many neighborhoods in, in Medellin that have benefited from these programs. You know, there are also these, like, um, uh, funiculars, I guess is the word. I, I never, I'm never, i never able to pronounce it. But, you know, basically, like, these cable car type things that go up mm -hmm. the hillside and also make easier access. Um, so all these, like, different little initiatives have all of a sudden made some of these neighborhoods, especially Comuna 13, uh, some of the safer neighborhoods in the city. And, like, okay. actually, like... In, totally safe places to go. I mean, granted, it's probably better to go with a tour. Sure. Um, you know, petty theft and stuff like that is uh -huh. still going to be a risk. But yeah, there's these really cool tours in Medellin called the Comuna Trece tours mm -hmm. where you go up there and you walk around these neighborhoods and the, the graffiti is nuts. Like, it's mm -hmm. some of the coolest graffiti you'll, you'll ever see. It's also at, like, the top of these hillsides where the views of the city are unreal. You know, and Medellin has and this, like... the combination is real nice. Wow. Yeah, right. And the architecture in Medellin, it's like, it's all this, like, kind of, like brownish brick mm -hmm. um that you know it just it's just a stunning very unique setting to look out on um and you know you there's all kinds of great food and art you can buy up there and it's it just was you know ultimately to me it felt like the antithesis of the kind of tourism that bores me which is you know hey how do we go to the monument that is going to be a line of a hundred people mm -hmm. to snap get a snapshot and move on yeah, like sure. this is a place that is inherently inaccessible and yeah. inherently is a part of the city where you wouldn't go to and, but it's also a far more honest look into, you know, the local culture and how people live and how people spend their day. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, that would be definitely a, a top recommendation, especially if you get to be in Medellin, which if you're in Colombia, be sure to devote, like, quite a bit of your trip to Medellin. That's so yeah. cool. Oh, my gosh. Imagine being someone who lived there during the violence and then you just see tour groups, like, five or ten years later. Oh, it's wild. Walking through. That's got to be insane. Totally. And that's the thing. It's, of course, that's a, you know, that's a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are positives and negatives to, you know, transforming a neighborhood and feeling like, okay, it's being taken over by sure. tourists. Sure. Um, I mean, at this point, I don't think that the tours are um, so common and huge there that it's completely trampling the neighborhood. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, our tour guide was talking about how he would step over dead bodies on his walk to school when he was growing up. Oh, and it's like, it's a no-brainer for him that, like, okay, this is, you know, a version of how tourism can be a very positive thing for a community. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. opening these doors and, like, inherently making the community feel more safe because it's more populated, um, you know, because there are, um, yeah, groups of people who are willing to vouch for and say, no, it is an okay place to go. Mm -hmm. Um, that really kind of develops. It's it's just positive momentum on all fronts. Well, it's good that they have actual locals giving the giving the tours, sure. being the guides, because mm -hmm. it's really terrible when you've got some American or totally. Australian being like, "Yeah, so this is where." Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, and that's and that's this definitely is where Pablo Escobar used to live, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that and that's that's something that like 
I'm definitely interested in like helping to look for solutions to make sure that like local people are actually able to to profit off of these things. Yeah. You know, in a lot of countries in, you know, Southeast Asia, Latin America, mm-hmm. the Caribbean, oftentimes local people make as little as 5% off the money that is spent. Jeez. Yeah. Let's and, talk about that for a second. You're, yeah. you're starting your new venture. We talked about how you worked in, in media and that maybe isn't the life for you, but you're starting to work and travel. What's yeah. this new venture you've got? Going yeah, on? yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just, it's a side project, you know, mm-hmm. at this point, um, basically just using my free time to launch this brand. It's called Hidden Lemur. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I love lemurs. Yeah, sure. You know, there's not much more to the story of the, of, of the name there. Um, but yeah, you know, basically we are um, looking to empower sustainable travel. Cool. Um, you know, so there's, there's going to be an e-commerce aspect to it. There's going to be a, um, an education, you know, blogging content uh, facet to it. Uh, but ultimately the goal is to be generating profits that we can then inject into these local communities by empowering local business owners. So the idea is, you know, if you're looking for, you know, a lodge to stay out in the Amazon, most people in our situation are going to Google lodge in the Amazon, something along that lines. And whatever one has the best web presence, you know, is the clearest in terms of the information on pricing, Mm -hmm. uh, what to expect people vouching for it on TripAdvisor, that's who's going to win. And at the end of the day, um, you know, the local business owners who are probably empowered to give you the most authentic, coolest experience oftentimes don't have those skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, I mean, for instance, when I was in the Amazon, you know, back last summer, um, my guide who like has lived on the Amazon his entire life, you know, he taught me how to spear piranhas, you know, he could, cool. you know, he oh, could, uh, you know, he could like spot some rare bird from, you know, 500 meters away yeah like this yeah. dude is a savant when it comes to this stuff that's but uh, you know at the at the end of the day he, because he's devoted his life to that he's not going to be able to set up a facebook page yeah, or you know trip so like the idea is there are i think a lot of travelers like myself who a would rather stay at a place like that mm-hmm. than a place that is owned by you know somebody from denmark which yeah. hey love the people <laughs> from denmark <laughs> But, you know, at the end it's of the true, day, though. like, that's a, you know, it's this idea of, of, of um, tourism leakage, right? Yeah. Of money just, like, ending up in other people's pockets. You, you said may five, have, only 5% goes to the I mean, that's that's a statistic that um, UNEP put out. Uh-huh. Um, I've, I've seen 20 elsewhere. It, it obviously so completely silly. depends country to country, but it's not enough. Yeah. It's it's 100% not enough. So the idea is eventually you'd be able to, to raise enough capital through this e-commerce venture um, to provide marketing services mm-hmm. for these people and, um, you know, to be able to connect travelers who, you know, do know how to create a basic Squarespace website and do know how to, um, you know, set up a, an Instagram account that's going to get followers and, you know, say, hey, you can go stay with this local business owner for a couple of weeks or something along those Whoa. lines. And, you know, in that time, you're going to help them launch an internet presence and train them on the basics of being able to maintain it as much as possible with their connectivity. You know, it'll have to be a case-by-case basis, of course. I think there are needs on both sides where, you know, a higher percentage of people, especially in our generation, want to participate in sustainable tourism. But it's, it's, it's hard to find. It's hard to know what is out there. And a big part of that is because small businesses can't really effectively market themselves online. Yeah. And you start to settle because when you're, when you're traveling, especially if you're staying in hostels and whatnot, you're yeah. kind of like on the run. You're, you're not exactly planning ahead that much. And sure. so, yeah, you're, you're Googling the day before you get to somewhere. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times you're going to choose the top couple things because that's all you know, unless you're exactly. word of mouth, which is like obviously the best way. It is. Figuring yeah. out about it while traveling. Uh, of course. Yeah, word of mouth goes a long ways. Um, I also think that 
every time I've traveled, I've tried to go slower and slower. Yes. I think the idea of slow travel definitely makes a big difference. Uh, when you've got two days to spend in a community, like you said, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna tick off the top five pieces on you know on the Google search. Right. right, right. Um, but when you get a chance to know the people who live there and who have been traveling there for a while, you're gonna get the better experience. Um, it's a little ways away from launching the website. Sure, sure. You know, I I mean, like I said, this is a, a, at this point a side project for me. Um, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to grow over time and, and make a make an impact. I think you will, man. I, I think so you we'll absolutely say. will. Uh, so a lot of the people who, who listen actually are people who haven't traveled yet. Yeah. Uh, and they're, you know, they either do it because they're scared to, or they, you know, they, they think they cannot afford it or they actually cannot afford it. What can you tell them? Cause I don't like to tell people that like nothing bad will happen when you travel. Cause things, yeah. bad things do happen when you travel, but yeah. they actually end up turning into either like the best stories or what okay. kind of ends up bringing you back. Has anything yeah. happened to you? That's embarrassing. That is yep. scary. I know where you're whatever. going. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. I know so, the story. <laughs> listen, I don't. I don't want to give the listeners of Hustle Homies an idea that Joe is some kind of extortion artist. <laughs> but basically, he said he would only have me on his podcast if I told this story. It's so you know, he's story. trying to act like this is an organic. <laughs> anything off the top of your head that, yeah. that uh, comes off as I'm just going to say embarrassing first. I never say yeah. embarrassing first. Sure. Anything that. Uh, I don't know, man. No, I've had a pretty, uh, pretty perfect time traveling. <laughs> nothing ever, nothing, nothing bad ever happened. Oh, you know, now that you mention it, I guess there's one thing. <laughs> was this in Colombia or Peru? So this is in Colombia. Uh-huh. Um, so this was around. This is probably my first week traveling in Colombia last spring. I was in this beach park, national park called Parque Tirana. Uh, and if you guys have ever heard of it, it's this like gorgeous setting, jungle meets the beach, all these like individual beaches that have clear blue water. It's just very much the idyllic Caribbean setting, but sure. with also amazing wildlife, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And my friend and I were kind of not rushing, but we had a flight to Medellin in a couple days and she was having some stomach issues. So she said, hey, I'm not gonna be able to make it into the park today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go ahead and hike on your own. Yeah. And uh, with Parque Tarona, it's you know, probably I'd say about a two hour hike, depending on what beach you're going to, uh, from the edge of the park to the beach. Yeah, I'm uh, already laughing because yeah. <laughs> you I know, know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, just organic story time here, not at all being set up. <laughs> Now that, I guys, now that I've told you guys about my sustainable travel adventure, <laughs> I wanted to do it right let me, after. <laughs> let me debase myself and convince you that you should never work with me. So um, It's like the uh, documentary, it's like the new documentary on uh, Fire Festival where the guy's like, and then I suck the dick. Like, that guy's going to get hired. To be clear, that is not where this story is going. <laughs> what if I cut it off? <laughs> but it's... Uh, yeah, and it's not going to reflect well on me. So, uh, friend's got a stomach bug, so I go into the park on my own. I actually meet someone who also happened to be from New York, mm-hmm. walk in with her, get to know, make a new friend. Yeah. And then, you know, after an hour and a half or so, I realize, like, ah, I don't feel great. Yeah. Like, I've got some kind of stomach issue. I'm probably a little dehydrated. Sure. You know, there's not that many bathrooms here. It's not the most, like, overdeveloped national park. Uh, so, eventually, you find a bathroom, you know, in Columbia. You pay, um, you know, the equivalent of, like, a, a quarter or a dime just to, like, to, use, to yeah. use a bathroom. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I pay this woman and, you know, I just, I have explosive diarrhea. <laughs> I get, you know, it's, it's what it is. Yeah, we sure. all know that happens on a, on a trip. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah. And I look down in the toilet and I realize, oh, there's no water in this toilet. Um, oh, no. So, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling well. I'm panicking. And in that, I look out of the bathroom to see if there's someone to ask for help. 
in that moment, I just say, okay, I gotta go. Like, I gotta, I gotta just keep walking. So I just start walking off, try to keep my cool. And, <laughs> walking uh, naturally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, nothing, nothing happened here. Everything's fine. And, uh, of course, understandably, about a minute later, this, like, jacked Colombian dude chases after me. He's like, hey, hey, venga, venga. <laughs> <laughs> And he basically, like, gives me, like, this bucket of water to, like, wash it out. And I'm just completely humiliated, realizing I'm just the worst tourist in the world. Just blew up this bathroom and just left, just struck me away. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, I try my best to wash it out. Honestly, still do a pretty piss-poor job. Sure. Um, and, and just move on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rest of the afternoon seems to go fine. Mm-hmm. Go swim. I uh, go get like a nice lunch. I try to keep it simple with just some, some rice and a little bit of fish. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, separate from the friend I had met. She decided she was going to camp out. And I decided, you know, I'm going to go back to the hostel, get mm-hmm. ready to fly out the next day. And Did she you, know what happened in the bathroom? No, no, no. You, you were solo at this point. No, no, no. The first time in the bathroom, she was there, but she like was like over at the beach nearby. Okay. Like, I, right. you know, I did not confide in this person <laughs> I just met. Like, hey, so you want to know what just happened to my asshole? <laughs> <laughs> that must have been so hard to hold back, though. Just uh, to not tell oh, totally. I mean, that's the thing, though. It was very much like... I had been talking to this person for like an hour or two. Okay. okay so not yeah. to the point where I was comfortable like saying, hey, like... Guess what? <laughs> guess what I just did? Um... So, yeah, anyways, I decide I'm going to walk back out. So it's, you know, a two-hour walk. It's later in the afternoon at this mm-hmm. point out of the park. And all of a sudden, I think because of my lunch, my stomach starts to feel a little bad again. No. I realized, based on my experience walking in, like, hey, the one bathroom that's anywhere nearby is the one that I completely <laughs> obliterated and, and tried, to, tried to flee. <laughs> that you're notorious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. Like, they've got my picture on the wall, probably. It's like, <laughs> do not serve. <laughs> <laughs> It's you cleaning it out, looking <laughs> up. Shame on my face. <laughs> so I, you know, I say, oh, you know, I kind of got to go, but I'll be fine. Mm. I'll be fine. I'm just going to, I'm going to hike out of here. Yeah. I wasn't fine. So <laughs> <laughs> after you know, about another half hour or so, um, you know, I start to feel this like burning pain, uh, yeah. kind of like in my pelvis. And are you walking with this girl from New York? Uh, no, no. She's so at this point, gone, she's so. gone. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, I'm on my own yeah. at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm in this kind of open path and all of a sudden I just feel like this burning sensation. I try to run to the side. I just, it just, I, I shit myself. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a grown man who's been employed most of my life. I shit myself. <laughs> and, you know, my thought is like, okay, no one's seen, no one's seen. I try to like run off to like the side bushes behind a tree. Yeah, I look yeah. up and in the distance, like no more than probably like 200 yards away, there's like some kind of like a house or restaurant with like yeah. people in the back who are like cleaning like tablecloths or yeah, something. I yeah. see them like laughing into their hands. <laughs> like, okay, cool. I've been, I've been spotted. <laughs> they, they know. Yeah. And I mean, because of the fact that this is like a beach hike, you know, I, I don't have a change of clothes. Yeah. Sure. I, I have my swim trunks, which, you know, fortunately are, you know, somewhat you know, waterproof, but like, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I have my beach towel, so I use my beach towel to try to clean up my, yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, it's not the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's, at this point, that. it's soaked into my shoes and socks. <laughs> oh, and, like, no. it's, it's everywhere. It's a messy situation. And I say, okay, you know what? My only real option at this point is to, like, just beeline it out of this park and get back to my <laughs> hostel as soon as possible. Like, I got to just, like, walk out of here real quick, not yeah. make eye contact with anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just act like everything's cool. <laughs> and... No more than no more than five minutes later, 
um, this kid, this uh, this college student from Mexico, comes up to me and he he asks like, hey, uh, sorry, is this the way out of the park? And I say, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just uh, it's I think like an hour out this way. And he says, you know, oh, okay, I'll I'll walk with you. What's your name? <laughs> And, you know, I, I always seek out opportunities to make new friends. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> it's not the ideal time. When there's not shit on your shoes and there's shit in your shoes. Yep, yep, fully soaked in. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know how to get out of the situation. I, I don't have it in me to be honest about what has happened. <laughs> so I had to say, okay, let's do it. His English, he was uh, Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. It was like, it turned out to be like one of the coolest interactions I've had on my trip because he was meeting me halfway. I was meeting him halfway. You know, he's a college student who was learning English and wanted to improve his English. I was an American traveler who wanted to improve my Spanish. So, you know, we're kind of communicating through a mix of both. Just this Um, beautiful picture of what what travel and what the world could be. Exactly, like what it's supposed to be all about. (laughs) Like connecting about our shared experiences and like, you know, our unique backgrounds. And all this time, I'm just like, does he know? <laughs> does, does, is he aware of what's wow. happening? Yeah. And I'm convincing myself, like, okay, you know, there's, there's, like, horses in this park. So, like, you know, we walk occasionally by, like, some horse shit. And I say, yeah. okay, maybe he thinks that's what he's smelling. <laughs> you know? Maybe you made it. He made a point to be like, uh, I, I, I actually did, I think, like, a couple of did times. You? Like, oh, man, it's just, whew, this park does not smell good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I try to remember, like, what the Spanish term was for that. <laughs> And, um, uh, you know, eventually we make it out to the point of the park where you can't walk out anymore and you have to get in a shuttle bus. Oh, no. Uh, confined space. Oh, And no. we're, you know, we're waiting for probably like 15, 20 minutes. And this, like, this sweet guy, like, he goes to, like, an ice cream stand and he offers to buy me a popsicle. Like, <laughs> and I'm so like, nice. okay, is he kind or is he, like, worried about me? <laughs> <laughs> which, which is it? It's like, this guy clearly shit his pants. Yeah. And, ice cream <laughs> and I, uh, I look down and just, I'm standing, you know, for the first time in like one place for like for a while. I look down and you've seen like pig pen and like Charlie Brown. Like I, like I had flies, like upwards of like 20, 30 flies, like surrounding me. <laughs> just, just an, an absolute orbit. No. Um, and, you know, I said, okay, you know, I was like. People either think I have, like, the worst hygiene or I just, they know I shit myself. <laughs> so then we have to get in this van. I, you know, I open the window next to me, but, like, I look around, and, like, the 15 whatever people in this van, like, they know something's amiss. Something's up. Something's up. And, you know, flies, eventually transfer yeah. to another bus, uh, and I'm sitting next to this, this kid the whole time. <laughs> and, you know, he's still just being an absolute sweetheart. <laughs> and he, like, says, like, he wants to look me up on Facebook. And like it's my name and stuff, and like I'm about to get off at the hostel, and I just, I just like look over at him, and I just for the first time see this look on his face that like shifts from like this like placid like content smile yeah. to like just kind of the nose curls up a little bit, like the upper lip like tightens, and you just see that like, like, like something has clicked in his head. Um, he finally fucking realized. And. Uh, needless to say, I didn't. I never got that Facebook friend request. <laughs> I think he uh, he realized that it was best just to end our mutual history at that point. You're in some fraternity in uh, in Mexico. There's a picture of your face, <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> the shit kid. 
Uh, went back to the hostel, washed off in the outdoor shower, uh, next to like people like frolicking in a pool and enjoying yeah, the track. Nice. Like, I should be like, hey, yeah, you guys having fun too? <laughs> you guys having a good time? Yeah, yeah, party, you know? Columbia's awesome. I'll join you guys in a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just stuffed my uh, swim trunks deep into the, uh, the trash can that I found <laughs> yeah. that was like fur in the furthest corner. Um, <laughs> you don't want any trace. Like, no, no exactly. Trace. Hide evidence. Um, oh, no. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the lesson I learned, um, was never say no to a bathroom regardless <laughs> of how, how ashamed you are. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is It'll so only real. Get, only get worse. Um, <laughs> but also, I mean, like the thing is, is like, I still look back on that day as like a special day of my trip. Of course. Like a crazy thing. In like I mean, a genuine way. Yeah. Like I mean, like, way, aside yeah. from just like the fact that it's inevitable for this like horrifying story and this yes. horrifying thing that happened in my life. <laughs> Like, like I said, it was like this unreal, beautiful setting. Like I made a friend who, you know, probably never wants to think about me again. But from my point of view, I think highly of him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, it's it. I think that day was definitely like a key moment in making me realize, like, okay, I must really love traveling, and I must really just be into this. That like yeah. that was not experience of me being like, okay, I'm never gonna do this again. <laughs> Where sure, I was like, sure, you know, yeah. this is like a horrible thing that happened. But, you know, I've, you know, I've been, I've had my home robbed while I was living abroad before. Yeah. I've, um, you know, like many people have been pickpocketed. Mm-hmm. I've, um, I shit myself. <laughs> like many people. <laughs> like everyone does. Uh, but, you know, you inherently, if you're going to travel extensively, you're going to have bad experiences that are going to range from like something that's like mildly inconvenient to like awful. <laughs> I'm just thinking like what if that guy had a secret like what if he had just killed someone <laughs> and he was trying to cover he's like I hope this guy doesn't notice that like, there's blood on my hands <laughs> there's a beautiful moment between two travelers with deep deep shame <laughs> so much shame on the bus he finally realized you should hate yourself and he's like oh, that's maybe worse yeah, exactly. <laughs> as I walk off he says like I killed a man I killed a man have a good day I should kill you too man <laughs> just, just for your own good. everywhere yeah um so how, how is the hike regardless I, I, I never got to hear that much about uh the actual park itself yeah yeah I mean it's just it's gorgeous you yeah. know there's like it's you're mostly walking just through lush jungle mm-hmm. um and you know even though it's like somewhat heavily touristed it's it feels like it's well maintained at least from what as far as i could tell um and then you know you make your way out into these just like unreal beaches so it's just a combination of those two incredible settings Mm -hmm. that are like one of a kind love it yeah um you've traveled a lot you've been to a lot of different countries and continents Mm -hmm. um where in the world do you think everyone needs to visit at some point and the more specific the better this could be a city but yeah as specific as like you know park bench you want to on a restaurant sure sure um you know i think uh one place i haven't really talked about that much is madagascar Mm -hmm. i definitely recommend people visit madagascar for a few reasons a it's like it's stunning Mm -hmm. yeah and and the thing about madagascar is 90 percent of their flora and fauna is endemic so you can't find it anywhere else on earth people go there for the wildlife i would also recommend to set aside at least like two days for the capital city on tunnel narivo um which is just a psych it was, you know, Madagascar was originally colonized by the French. Mm-hmm. So you have that, like, you know, legacy of French architecture and mm-hmm. cuisine. Um, so it's this kind of surreal setting where it is a very poor country. And it's got this kind of yin-yang of 
um, you know, the open marketplaces and, you know, the simple way of living set against this backdrop of like these like beautiful facades, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's an interesting setting to be in. And also it's just, yeah, it's a, it's just a very unique city, um, you know, uh, and it, I think oftentimes people, when they go to like ecotourism and they travel to a place for purposes of nature, they forget that oftentimes what's most fascinating about these places are the people who live there. Yeah. Um, so be sure to do, do that. Um, yeah, see some lemurs, obviously do your research, make sure you're doing, you're doing it the right way, yeah. um, but they'll climb all over your shoulders and your heads and that's adorable and fun. And you'll that. get all kinds of good stuff for the Instagram. Uh, where can people follow your adventures? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've got my own Instagram, which is Connor Armor, but um, definitely check out Hidden Lemur. So that's just hidden.lemur. Uh, for now, we just got the Instagram page up, uh, you know, and, and just keep keep track of what we're doing. You know, in, in a matter of months, we'll have a website launched and, you know, start to uh, hopefully make some positive strides and getting, getting money in the right place. Looking forward to hearing more about it. Yeah. Connor, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, Joe. I, uh... I, I only shit my pants once. <laughs> In case anyone's wondering, this is not a regular thing. All right. Thanks for listening to Hostile Homies.